All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is now officially episode one of the Flurza podcast. It's a show about Gwent, but it's so much more. I'm joined, of course, by the leader of leaks himself, Pavel Berja. Wow, what an introduction. Thank you, Flake. Thank you. Thank you, as always. Glad to be here. Yes, this is episode one. Uh, so we go we go back to the Star Wars name or what, what are we going to do? I thought like I figured we would be done with that. I thought that that could have been, I mean, we've already done it. I did it with uh, he who shall remain nameless. So we're, we're not going to go back to it. I guess we can kind of like choose a new theme, I think, for you and I. So episode one, Sharknado. <laughs> 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 the delivery is uh, dominance yeah. yes <laughs> that was absolutely beautiful there are like a hundred sharknado movies um yeah. i've never seen any of them but i could probably in my mind parse out more or less what the plot is but uh sure yeah. um episode one sharknado i'm on the fence about it so also I'll, it's a temporary yes but it's a probably no for that Okay. Okay. So it's uh, kind of yes, kind of no. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I just got rejected. Okay. So yeah, for sure, for sure, we'll work, we'll work on the names. You can like fully expect that. But uh, what's gonna happen in this episode? So we're gonna talk about Zubidu Squint trivia dominance. Of course, that guy is a killer. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, someone who's going to face him quite soon, leak, 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 uh, told me today that uh, he is super afraid. So expect, expect, you know, I, I kind of, I got some leaks, but I won't be spoiling anything here. And of course we have our Polish word of the week, uh, courtesy of Babcia Marysia. So your, your grandma flake. Yes. <laughs> Yes, yes, And yes. we will, of course, answer your questions that we got in the mail bag. Uh, Flake, thank you for gathering the questions. Oh. I, I saw them. They were really, really good. So some fun ones. And not all of them are circling about Gwent, balance, and all that stuff. Like, we actually, of course, sifted the ones about balance out because I'm not, I'm not Malijan. I'm not Jean. I'm not, you know, any other one of those guys. So I don't want those questions. But we will be talking about cool stuff and i'm excited for it because the questions are bomb yes. yes you can thank me but you could also thank i mean as you did it's the community that are supplying the questions but uh we just want to remind everybody again that it, it's it's not that kind of rodeo in the degree of we get it there are things that people uh like or don't like like for instance you know when it was a shinmirian eye towards the end of, of that it was all the questions were like why can't they balance King of Beggars or why can't they balance Milva? Or it was all Milva, King of Beggars kinds of questions over and over and over and balance and balance and balance. We don't do that. That's yeah. not what we do. That's not my job. That's not your job either. No. So uh, no. questions that are along the lines of why is this card not X provisions? or We're not going to really answer those. That's not for us to yeah. answer. We like the cool mm-hmm. stuff. We like the stuff of like, hey, if you could shove a donut into <laughs> another donut, which two donuts would you shove into each other? Like those are the kind of questions that you and mm-hmm. I want to answer. That's, now, now, I'm thinking, but now I'm thinking about donuts. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, for me, it's I, I'm very traditional when it comes to donuts. Like I don't want anything too over the top. I've gone to like those gourmet donut shops. Whenever I go visit my friends in Minneapolis, they always take me to like these really high-end donut places where, to quote my buddy, he's like, I don't play less than $3 a nut. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, it's just, Damn. I know, just saying that made me laugh. But I am a very <laughs> traditional. I like very plain style donuts. Like I don't want them stuffed with anything too much or anything like no. that. 
but no, they they cannot be stuffed. Like like a donut should have some cool glaze on it, but that's like that's it. I I would not go over the top because then you just get a bit like a mixed bag of sugar, and it yeah. doesn't make any sense, right? Well, like punchki are stuffed with like a jam, right? But we don't call them donuts; we call them punchki. Yeah, but oh, they okay, are they're so... stuffed with, with 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 jam. Like we try to keep those things separate because they're different. Like a donut is supposed to you know have the have the round shape with the with nothing inside, and kind of the middle is is hollow, so it's like a round thingy. It makes sense but ponchki are kind of they're there's they're also round but you know they're stuffed they're filled and they're it's a different thing it's a that's, different thing i would not compare those two that's such a that's such a, a closed-minded thing that donuts have to be round you're, you're very anti-donut is what you are anti-donut well i mean they can they can be also like square but still they need to have the hole inside if they don't have the hole it's not a donut <laughs> <laughs> look at you don't I'm slap very a leg specific up. about this i'm very specific about this because i love donuts i love donuts and i love punchki but for me i keep these two things separate i don't let them mingle i don't let them be friends they gotta be you know one is here the other one is there <laughs> friendship ended <laughs> There's so much donut politics that we're parsing yeah, out yeah. over here. We're not done with this conversation. We'll re we'll return to this one day. Uh, but uh, what we do need to get to is the fact that we're still doing the Dagon Rumor Report. So our official Dagon Rumor Report check uh, is uh, happening every episode. That is not going away. So, uh, Pavel, just please, if you will. Wait, wait, wait. I got something from, from the producers. Uh, yeah, yeah, this is just in. Our uh, analysis team, our data team has been collecting everything when it comes to data on, on Dagon and his uh, appearance, and it's, it's wait, 0% chance. 0% oh, chance. That's, that's, it. that's, a, that's a 73% increase from the 0% we had last week. Wow, yes, we, yes. we we doubled our chances. That's amazing. Exactly. We went exactly. from zero we're, to zero. We're growing. We're growing. We're growing. <laughs> That's so good. Oh, I'm shocked. I'm absolutely shocked. Uh, all right. Well, let's uh, let's start uh, things off here as if we haven't already. Um, I, I just also want to clue people into the fact that when we start recording these episodes, we usually like we start the call and we like start chatting. And mm -hmm. you, everybody missed the nice conversation about this, the the fact that uh, that uh, Pavel has a a uh, a smaller booty, but it 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 is nestled nicely on a bike seat, which is shaped like a, a piece of thin pizza. <laughs> yes, yes, uh, I and and Flake just opened my mind and, and the perspective that a bike seat can be a slice of pizza it makes so much sense and it looks like it, but I never thought about these two things coming hand in hand. And now I'm thinking about it and so it's a slice of pizza. It makes total sense. I need like a pizza box for my fat ass. That's what I need to sit on. <laughs> and nice and nah. warm and squishy. Yeah, that's perfectly <laughs> for me. Okay, we got business to attend to, Pavel. And uh, it starts with the Wayback Machine as we go back in time and see what was going on in the world of Gwent this week. And it starts with 2018. And this was a good one I dug out because Ooh. I wanted to ask you about it. Beyond the Frame was a video series. And the first one, I believe, uh, debuted about uh, four years ago uh, with Mage Adalbert. And he gives the flavor and a little bit of the lore surrounding some of the cards and the card art. Uh, and he introduced us to Vilgefortz, Nivellen, and Leo Bonhart. And uh -huh. that whole video series I thought was really cool. Uh, and I, I figure you can kind of clue us in a little bit more about what that video series is and, and what happened to it. So pretty much uh, back in the in the Gwent Golden Age, we could say we had multiple ideas when it came to creating a lot of video content within the studio itself. 
course, now the pandemic kind of stopped us uh, because, uh, yeah, we're not doing that. Like we have Beyond the Frame. Uh, we also had a round of Gwent where we had the developers sit down and talk. Uh, we also did a couple episodes there. And the idea for Beyond the Frame was to actually go in depth into the cards and the characters. And we did it with Boris, who is Adalbert. So he, Boris Pugach Murashkevich, you might know him from all the Witcher docs and stuff like that. He is our English adaptation director. And uh, yeah, he we would pretty much dress him up with makeup uh, to add all those things so he doesn't look himself. <laughs> he's a very well-spoken man. Like when he talks, he, he's really into voice acting. Oh, he was like excellent. Excellent. He does Excellent. a lot of voice acting for us. And when he speaks and the tone and everything, he's just he's just perfect for that stuff. So he was totally down to do it. Uh, so we would put makeup and dress him up, which took like around three hours, then set up the studio and record these episodes. But then his schedule was also like super packed. So we kind of got to a place where we produced a couple of them and then we were like, well, we won't be really, you know, we won't really have the time to keep these going. Although we we're kind of thinking to later bring them back, but then the pandemic hit. So that kind of stopped us in the, you know, in our tracks. So we never actually made a comeback, but yeah, it was more about introducing characters, talking about the cards a little bit more, showcasing the art a little bit more, you know, getting into the card itself. Did he ever voice any cards? Because the voice, when I heard it, I was like, this seems like there's some cards out there that I recognize that he, he has done. Um, for cards, I don't think so, to be honest. He might, he might have voiced some characters for sure. He was present in a lot of our trailers for both uh, The Witcher and for Cyberpunk 2077. And like he is our go-to person when it comes to... Like if you think about like all the journey videos that we did for Gwent, the recent ones, like in all of them, he is the person who sits down with the actor who also works with me on the script and on the English adaptation of it and tweaks it, fine tunes it. So it fits, let's say the language of that era. So, you know, like medieval times. And, you know, he also was responsible for everything related to um, the, the crazy, like how are dwarves supposed to speak and the Witcher, uh, how, you know, how in certain, certain places that you go and you visit, like people speak differently in Tucson than they do in Velen. So he was responsible for all those things. Like if it's Welsh English, if it's Scottish English, if it's, you know, if it's general, like RP English, all that stuff was kind of, uh, on him. So I, yeah, I kind of went into a different route as always I, I, I go, but yeah. Um, yeah. What was the question? <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. I can, talk, I can talk about Boris for days. Cause he's like, when I joined the studio to meet him and actually, you know, talk to him was, 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 was really awesome. Cause he's the voice, he's the voice that I saw in the trailers. So, yeah. um, he's, he gives really good pointers when you're doing any voice acting. Like he's very good at that stuff. That's kind of like the same feeling I had when I was there for the first time and I met you, I was like, that's the guy, that's the guy with the thing. And that's the dude. That's so cool. Yeah. It was like kind of very similar to that, but, um, uh, yeah, so if, if anyone is unaware, these are videos that uh, really, there was I think about three or four of them that were published way back when. Uh, the yeah. first one was 2018. It's called Beyond the Frame. And I highly yep. recommend you guys go check it out because yeah, like you said, Pavel, this guy was really damn good. I was watching it. He's and, awesome. And uh, well, part of it to me is, and I know this sounds, the it's gonna sound so weird, but you know, like I, I know that when I'm there, 
99% of the people that I'm interacting with are obviously Polish. And uh, and when I saw this guy, I was like, this guy is – like I'm assuming he's a Polish dude. But the acting was so – like the voice, the 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 accent, the everything, the, the, the delivery was – brilliant and i was like this guy yeah. is so damn good it makes me really i like i'm really not one for the lore of the witcher and i know that i'm gonna get like crucified for this but um there's no room in my brain after star wars star <laughs> trek lord of the rings marvel like there's no room for anything else so like, <laughs> basically everything character related from the witcher and gwent gets bounced out of there real quick i just know the cards yeah. and the numbers but this dude was like i want to sit and watch this like i really am yeah I'm, yeah totally intrigued he, he, he takes a, a couple takes always for whatever he's doing he's also our go-to voice like sometimes when when we're trying to voice something like when we're doing production on a trailer and i'm kind of i wrote the script so i do the voiceover for the narrator in the beginning but sometimes like my voice it's very high pitched, so it doesn't fit some of the characters who can be like you know a little bit dark grumpy and unhappy <laughs> like i can't do that um so he then comes into the rescue and uh yeah like also getting him into like a proper audio room to record stuff is is, is fairly easy when he of course has the time and his schedule because like i said it's super busy always but yeah he's he's more than willing to to lend his voice to numerous things that we're doing and he's he's really awesome at it like yeah kudos to him for sure in 2019 so about three years ago there was the heroes that first appeared out of Thronebreaker, make it to Gwent. That would be Gurnacora, Ardal, Queen Maeve, <laughs> Arnulf, and Eldane. And this was yeah. before the uncoupling of leader skins from leader abilities, which depend sure. d depending on, again, who you ask, it was either the uh, beginning of the end for Gwent, uh, that was the point in which Gwent died, um, or more rational minds were just like, okay, like it's it's fine. Like the game. <laughs> okay, it's fine. Yeah, but uh, uh, you know these new these new heroes that were added uh, still, I think you know like Gerda Core, like that ability, Queen Maeve, not so much. I forgot what the Ardal one was. Um, I think the Ardal one. I don't know if that now is. Uh, tactical decision, not tactical. Now it's tactical. Now, now it's like, yeah, now it's something crazy. But in the beginning, it was something meh, I think. Yeah. Like Gerny, Cora, Meev weren't, but, but Eldane got, I think Eldane got some play because he was the trap guy. Yeah. And Arnulf also in Skellige was prevalent. And Gerny, Cora, people were saying it's broken with all the Gerny, Cora fruits and stuff like yeah. that. Um, so, yeah. But that, there it goes. And uh, I just, again, want to. I inquire about where all the people were who thought that this was like the worst idea in life uh, because change is bad apparently <laughs> like uh, <laughs> but yeah there was a time uh, back in the day where if you wanted to play a particular leader ability you had to have used the skin associated with it so it was like Maeve was the only one who could use that ability uh Fruits of Isgith was Gurnacora so you had to be Gurn Gurnacora and uh -huh. I mean that was okay but I understand the logic in uncoupling them because if you wanted to add new skins you had to develop brand new leader abilities and if you wanted to develop brand new leader abilities it had to be across all at the time five factions so yeah. it was a plus people were complaining right they just wanted to play whatever on whatever yeah in the beginning we thought maybe it's not flavorful but then at the end we we're like okay okay if you want to like make a lot of cool custom like vanities and skins for specific you know characters that we like or that people enjoy then why not just 
mix it up and give you the possibility to play with whoever you want instead of like like sticking them to a specific faction, yeah. right? And uh, here we are today. So that's a little bit of uh, Gwent history for you guys. As really, uh, nothing happened in 2020 or 2021. So I mean, I'm not saying that nothing happened, but it was like I forgot what it was. I for, like, I, I went back into every single year, and it, I think like this week it was like some like there was like a patch, and uh, or some I don't know. It was those are the interesting ones. But Stand, standard standard stuff. Precisely. <laughs> um, the the really the the topic at hand here and this is part of part of this is certainly a personal matter uh is the fact that zuby doo is making me look like an absolute clown when it comes to writing episodes of gwen trivia frankly he's making everyone look like a clown and you included because you are a victim of his big brain it was not even i don't want to say it was not even close but i mean the close matches were uh the closest match was last week where um shinmiri and vlad it's like, okay, yeah. there's Shinmiri, like one of the biggest brains in the game. And then there's exactly. the game director. And they're going to take <laughs> take down this kid from India who apparently no. had, wrote the game. So it, it's not fair. Yeah, yeah, he's just, he's just, the, the amount of dominance that he, he has is just incredible. I mean, I don't know how he does it. You either, you either just sit and play Gwen all the time or you just go through your collection all the time. And or, or what do you do? Like, are you just in Gwen like 24 seven? But this is where, why it's like, okay, eventually certain things just kind of absorb into your being through osmosis where you're playing for so many hours because, you know, it's like someone like Shinmiri, for example, he's played enough of the game, every single faction for God knows how long that eventually you'll know you'll see things it's just it's kind of like you know it's it's just gets it, you know it seeps into your pores and you know it uh whereas yeah i asked zuby do first i asked him i'm like okay well number one pee in this cup because we need to test you for <laughs> performance enhancing drugs and then i exactly. said exactly once that came through once that was cleared um it was just a matter of are you like are you, you're not cheating obviously uh it's it's the fact that frankly he's just He's just that good. And yeah. he's like, ah, I study sometimes. You know, I just like, uh, once one of them, he's like, I was so nervous. I spent a couple hours just, I went through every single card in my collection and just yeah. looked at it. Yeah. I was like, okay, man. Um, that's that's commitment. Like, I, I think he, he, he wants to have the title just to like brag about it, right? And I feel like whoever you get from the people actually working on the game, it'll be difficult for us to even like match some of the people that are in the community who are so invested in the game. And I also think, you know, in a way that, you know, when you're, when you're, you know, outside the company, you have a little different kind of, you know, you, you have like a bird's eye view on the whole thing. While I think we were always kind of, in and we're so focused on the stuff that we do that we don't really look at some of the other things like and we and we miss some some things so yeah but he like i said he's just he's a machine he's a machine and he's a great Incredible. guy too a uh, very very yes. nice nice person um for those very out humble. there oh yeah he, i was and i was thinking about this because he was on the first episode and like imagine if we just brought him on on the last episode and he, he just and he just won and there was none of this yeah lore associated with him but we brought him on in episode one and um i think it was him lionheart and tia i think might have been the first mm -hmm. episode if i'm not mistaken I think so yeah I think so and yeah. 
I was like, oh, I'm like, well, we'll get like Lionheart and Tia. Like that's a duo. That's a really great duo. And we'll we'll just throw in a third person. Let's see who's available. And Zuby's like, yeah, whenever you need. I'm like, perfect. That's the kind of open mind that I love in the world of production. And boom, five episodes later, we're recording our sixth tomorrow. It's nuts. Yeah, it's also interesting. Because you know, if you if you look at like Lionheart, for example, like he's a he's a big Witcher lore like fanatic. He know he read the books, he knows everything. He also plays uh, a shit ton of Gwent. He knows all the Witcher stuff related to it. So for him, I think he would be like a good good opponent for him. But Zuby's just yeah, just like a steamroller going through everybody. Like meow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for the record, uh, the count now stands at uh, times Pavel swears one. Times flake square zero. Whoa! Uh, the 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 end count for uh, flake Miri was uh, was Shinmiri three flake zero. That was the end count. Oh wow! Yeah, I'm really really good at this now. Really really good at this. And you, I, you, you mind your language, right? <laughs> yeah, and part of it is because Mark Theus, uh, who produces the show and produces all my content, says. Stop swearing. It ruins the algorithm, you idiot. I said, okay. So, <laughs> he's like, you can drop the random S-bomb now and then, but you you are, he's like, you are just like Clint Eastwood with F-bombs, like just shooting from the hip, like no, <laughs> no problem. So uh, I've nice been, comparison. yeah, he's trained me to not, because uh, uh, I, I, <laughs> I desperately need his services <laughs> and his talents <laughs> of producing this stuff. All right, uh, draft mode has uh, seen a little bit of a revitalization. Drafting, um, as a Magic player, you and I are probably no draft uh, for quite a while. It's a little bit different here in this type of game, yeah. but man, I am, when it comes to Magic, I, I just don't like Standard anymore. I'll play some Commander, but Limited for me, Limited Format has always been my jam. I just love the puzzle solving and uh, that element of it, the building process for me is always a lot of fun. But draft mode here, um, it's a different kind of draft. This one is more akin, I'd say, to if you, anybody's out there played Legends of Runeterra, their draft mode has a similar structure. But uh, I, I really, really, really love draft. And I think I'm trying really hard to love this. I like this draft, but I'm trying really hard to love this draft mode um it you know like have you done a lot of drafting um for for gwent is like how involved are you with this aspect with this aspect i'm just i'm pretty much um i had we had one of our team members like anya she she was working closely with the draft team i was kind of there like just seeing what's up and kind of what they're working on um for me i i i kind of in the in the group that likes draft in a way where you have like full randomness. So you pretty much, you crack open a keg and you pick cards and you try to make them work. But in our game, it's very, it's very difficult to, to kind of, you know, find the synergies. Although I think now if it was more open, it would make a lot more sense. I know I'm kind of critiquing kind of the design that it is right now. But I think also like having structure within the packs that you have is good, but I still feel like the packs that we have right now, they need to be balanced and switched up in order to to work properly. So what you're kind of seeing is not draft's final form, but I think the potential there is there, right? To yeah. for, the, for the whole thing. So I, I hope that, you know, more can happen to it and then we will be doing more for draft for sure. But I also feel like 
I don't know if if us taking it and ch- us trying to change it and now adding a little bit more stuff to it is kind of making it a super super long process. So yeah, the 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 beauty of draft, in my opinion, just as a format itself, is it rewards players who are able to you know. Um, sort of build their path to to victory themselves and and uh-huh. it sounds really kindergarten-y and like you know after school special style where it's like oh like you find the joy yourself and go from there like the the, the beauty of having limited resources in order to build something to to potentially succeed and what you have is not necessarily what your opponent has so the solutions and the problems are always going to be in flux that's the beauty i love about draft is is finding uh, is finding that route that that route to victory and and when you pull it off it feels great where you you can evaluate the value of these cards uh, and then select appropriately what I find that draft mode kind of leaves me wanting a little bit more is that a lot mm-hmm. of the a lot of the decision making when it comes to picking which pod of cards that you're gonna select every time, it's almost that it's very upfront. Like there's very few times I have to sit and think. A lot of them it's like, well, I like my first pick was Haunt. And then the next few cards, it's like three Deathwish cards or, you know, three three Wild Hunt cards that really don't synergize and then three something else's. And it's like, well, I'm going to take the Deathwish because yeah. I have Haunt. And then the pocket after that is like, three really good golds or three you know random things or like three roaches and it's like well this is very you know like there's it's but, yeah but you also kind of get that in normal draft like you were you were talking about mtg like i, I haven't played a lot of draft but i played a, a couple draft games uh most notably i think the the best one was like i think dominaria uh, no it was like no no we we did a draft in the studio in november with the design team plus Ryan was also there and, and I was there, Vlad was there. So we did like a draft, uh, there, I think there were three guys from the from the design team. So we just sat down, I had an old box of Theros or something and we just cracked it open um, and just drafted just for fun. Um, like a social Friday that we actually had in the studio before COVID was, was rampaging again. And I remember that one because I won. I destroyed everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Got to put that out somewhere. Um, but um, you have this thing that when you're drafting, you also get cards. Like you draft something at the beginning or you just take cards that you don't want your opponents to have just, just for the sake of having them, even though yeah. they don't fit your strategy. Hate drafting. But then, yeah, but then you're in a, yeah, hate drafting, exactly. And then you're with like a card pool that you're trying to make something out of it, but a lot of cards don't make the cut. Like they just get like thrown out. So I think in any draft you have this that, okay, I wanted to do this, but maybe I'll do this because I got this, right? So based on how many things you're opening with the next packs, let's say you're deciding kind of what your strategy will be. Yeah, the part also is that in that regard, you're you're drafting within a pod of other people. So the pool of cards is essentially shared with everybody. Um, what I like, I'm trying to figure out is that I wonder if there's ever going to be a situation where you could potentially have like an eight person pod in, in Gwent draft where you open up packs, like, like here's your pack. Of, fun. It would be incredible. It would be a super, super awesome. Like you have three packs of 10 and in that, in each pack, there's like, you know, of 10, there's, 
three legendary, you know, three epic and four common, let's say, or whatever, however the the distribution or two legendary, and then you and you draft that way, but you pass the packs over, and yeah. in like any standard draft, you just have to keep track of what's what's going around and what's coming around or whatnot, and then you build your deck uh, accordingly. But um, draft mode is hard to, to do with this because. You know, it's just it's just like a, a unique monster that every game I feel sort of tackles differently. And, and it's hard to do because like you need a weird queuing system for that and a, like a card pool sharing system and kind of tokens of entry for it. And to have it like like even thinking about doing that on like on the infrastructure side of building something around like a draft where you actually share like kegs and you and you pass on cards that would be that would be quite a challenge to be honest it would be yeah. uh it would be yeah. freaking cool but uh, it would be and one thing i want to address before we move on from draft mode is i recently saw a reddit post where someone was complaining that they thought that a draw should not be a loss <clears throat> when it comes to uh, evaluating your rewards like if you draw a game you can't have a seven win run so to speak like you went six oh and one it's not seven wins because the draw doesn't count as a win and people were like you know the, the, i felt bad for the people who were explaining it's like no it's not rewarding your lack of losses it's a it's rewarding their total wins and a draw is not mm -hmm. technically a win so when exactly. you're, and people are like, no, that's stupid. And we want, it's like, no. it's not stupid. It's, it's not stupid. Like it's, it's, you didn't lose, but you didn't win. Like it's rewarding exactly. the amount of wins that you have, the amount of times that you won two rounds against your opponent. And I get it. Like some people, if like, if you think that's bad in flesh and bloods, uh, in flesh and bloods, uh, official tournament, uh, rules, if you draw, if you go to time and it's a draw, then both players lose. So, so there, yeah, so there are strategies out there of people like I, this might not be like the most politically correct term, but that we like we call them like they're like suicide bombers. Like they're players who play these super slow strategies of control that are just meant to run out the clock so that both players take a loss. It's like, what is why yeah, are you the same thing? Yeah, like why are you doing that? Like this yeah. this helps nobody. And some of those like greasier players say, well, you could just concede so that we don't both take a loss. Exactly. That's 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 what they always do. And oh you, yeah. You have that you have that also in MTG. Like if someone plays like a super heavy control deck which wants to go like super super long just to, where you get to a point where you're invincible you're kind of waiting for your player like for your opponent just to say okay i concede right yeah but that, that kind of is the whole idea behind control and prison decks right? Like they're trying to to you know put constraints on the on the other player or yeah get him to a point where he feels like okay everything is destroyed everything is countered i don't have anything my strategy won't work anymore. I'm done. Especially if you're like a combo deck, right? Screw if you're combo, these people. You're, you're, you're done. Yeah. Or don't... like an aggro deck. Like you're you're limited resources. Like yeah, you, you're basically you you're you're all gas no breaks for like three mm -hmm. or four turns, and once you kind of sputter out, it, that's it. You're meant to kill your opponent in like the first three or four turns, and then it gets and then it gets tough, you know. But don't don't fall for that nonsense. Don't pay these people's ransom. You you go down with the ship. You take them with you. Kicking exactly. and screaming if necessary. Okay. <laughs> um, new segment on the show, Pavel. It's called the Shinmiri Ooh. We Can't Lose Prediction of the Week. And I do have a soundbite for that. I can't play it now because you won't hear it. But I'll give it to Mark and he'll add it in. So we'll do it. Awesome. We'll pretend that you can hear it. So hold on a second. Uh, let's do the Shinmiri 
We can't lose. Oh, fuck. Prediction of the week. So Mark's going to fit in that audio <laughs> into that little little pocket. So Perfect. I need a I need a fearless prediction of something that you know is going to happen this coming week. And we can revisit it to see how accurate you were. It could be anything. It could be the fact that, like, maybe, like, oh, uh, Geralt is going to speak his first words, like your dog. Like, that could be a very – that's a very – we can't lose prediction. Wait, are we are we talking about and like by the end of this week? Are we going straight into next week? Like, what's gonna happen next week? Uh, we're gonna say we need to go when we do episode two. We need to look back and see if you were right. So it has to be within okay. the span of a week. Let me let me look at my calendar. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think like uh, what what this prediction can be. I think like my Shinmiri, we can't lose prediction this week is going to be uh, we are going to see somebody. Somebody somewhere is is going to – I mean someone might listen to this and then do it. So it might be a self-fulfilling prophecy in that regard. But we're going to see some complaints about people wanting Milva buffed or fixed to be better. Ooh. That is my Shinmiri we can't lose prediction of the week. Oh, wow. So we can go back. But I, I, I'm, I'm feeling it. I'm so feeling it that somebody's going to be like, you know, I think that – Milva was actually kind of good. And then Bedlam. Absolute <laughs> Bedlam. Uh, I know I put you on the spot a little bit here because this is a new yeah. segment. So you can kind of like maybe mm. bank on mine and we can go into next week with uh, with a fresher mind. But that's kind of the – that's the Shinmiri We Can't Lose prediction of the week. Uh, that's mine. For sure we'll get another draft review uh, because there are a weekly thing where people are talking about uh, drafts. So that's going to that's gonna happen for sure. Um, and probably more Golden Necker questions are going to happen next week. And maybe some Dagon predictions are going to happen, happen next week. Oh, for sure. sure these things are going to happen. For sure. <laughs> this is like, these are things that just happen. Oh, and, and probably, you know, uh, we're, we're still going to get more custom cards next week. Oh, Oh, okay. Uh, this week, actually, on a Reddit post, somebody uh, or on Reddit, somebody posted something about like uh, hints about Dagon question mark, and it was like somebody like picking out a card from like the new Reddit banner, and then somebody commented, somebody commented. I wish I had it uh, ready for me, but someone said you should check out the uh, Flurza podcast because they do the weekly Dagon rumor report, and you might be interested really? in that. So I was like, oh, that's so good. It's actually working. We made it. We did make it. So uh, that's a big up. People for that start one. quoting you. That means you made it. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, you should check out the the, the Dagon rumor report on the Flake Mary slash Flurza podcast. I was like, yeah, this guy upvote. Have my upvote, buddy. Absolutely. Exactly. Um, also, is there any more hilariously uh, forgotten and useless subreddit than Custom Gwent? Because it doesn't even matter. Because everyone just dumps. 9,000 cards on the standard Gwent subreddit. And every single time someone posts a custom card, there's that like bot that posts, you might like our custom Gwent. It's like, yeah, it nice try. Like, you, like go ha there. Have a cookie. Like, yeah, it, you've been you've been beating this drum for years and it just doesn't exist. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> okay. So um, those are our Shinmiri. We can't lose. Oh, fuck. Predictions of the week. <laughs> All right. Last segment before we go to the uh, mailbag. Lots of questions that came in this week, Pavel. But uh, before that, we've, we've got the Babcha Marisha Polish Word of the Week. And the yes. ba Babcha Marisha Polish Word of the Week is kurczaki. 
Kurchaki. Yeah, exactly. So let me give you some context. Um, last time we had uh, Variat. Um, most of these words come from me giving my babcha, my grandmother, a lot of stress when I was younger. <laughs> so this one was uh, usually around the time of like uh, like I I visit my grandmother and like maybe i'd have friends around that area so they'd come we'd play in the backyard we'd play in the house or this and that and like we'd stress her out she'd ask us to eat like she want if we want to eat obviously and do this and that and we'd be so like we'd be so all over the place and she'd be like so trying to keep us all in line she'd be like oh akurchaki oh <laughs> and like so she'd be like flustered and she'd say akurchaki so um please uh, pavel uh, explain to us what kurchaki is well, it depends really on the context because kurchaki normally means chickens, which is very, very, very simple. But okurchaki is kind of when you're trying to say, oh, because we have okurde and kurde is like damn. Well, a grandma won't really say damn because she thinks it's already a bad word. So she will try to soften it. So from kurde, you go to kurcha and from kurcha, you go to kurchaki, which is like the super like, it's like taking the word and making it like very, very, uh, okay. you know, does it does it's, 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 it's harmless. So that's making the word even more harmless makes it turns it into kurchaki. It's like, oh, kurchaki is like, oh, God dang it. Like yeah. what happened? It's like, oh, <laughs> fudge. Like, kind yes, of exactly. OK, well, I'm glad that we were able to clear that up. Uh, that is the Babcha Barisha Polish word of the week. This time is kurchaki. So use it wisely, friends. All right. Well, uh, that does it for the first segment. We're going to be back around the corner with uh, guess who our sponsor is this week, uh, Pavel? Ooh. Nobody. Absolutely oh. nobody. We're working on it, though. So uh, we're going to be back around the corner with this message from absolutely nobody. All right, we really hope that you purchase all the products and services from our sponsor that would be in that slot between these two major segments. So uh, if you know somebody, if you have like a auto repair shop out somewhere in like the <laughs> the outskirts of like Iowa and you want to maybe, you know, kick a few bucks our way, we'll definitely uh, help you out. Maybe there's a, um, oh, you know what? I got a message from my aunt who said Ooh. that my uh like a distant cousin or like a friend like a, a cousin of the of my aunt like uh, he opened a restaurant in i forgot what area of poland he lives in poland oh nice let me oh you gotta you gotta let me know uh the, I might be flying by there i have so. it uh it's let's it's called oh man his restaurant is called oh my god i have the menu it was sent to me it's called blue jeans um Ooh. I don't know where it's located. I'll set it. It's called Blue Jeans Bar. Sounds uh, nice. Yeah. Already. And I'm I'm trying to figure out what the address is. Oh, hold on a second. It's uh, I'll, I'll send it to you. Either way, look up if you're in Poland. Look up Blue Jeans Bar. Maybe I'll contact my cousin and see if they want to sponsor the podcast. 
Yes, uh, whenever you go to the bar, remember to use uh, the offer code FLURZA15 <laughs> to get 50% off. Yeah, <laughs> screw G Fuel. We got Blue Jeans Bar. That's what we got. Uh, all right, so exactly. <laughs> that's just funny that that uh, fit in there. Okay, um, the mailbag time. We got questions we asked uh, around for on Twitter and on Reddit. We got some great ones coming through. I'll open up uh, the mailbag here for us. And this one says, I'd love to hear more about how Pavel got into the world of Gwent and working at CDPR. What is his history there? This is from Trey uh, at the third Larry 85. Hey, the third Larry. I love it. Um, third Larry. That is uh, from Twitter. Yeah. So yeah, a uh, question that I thought was already answered like a million times, but it keeps on coming back. Mm -hmm. So, But I'm, I'm more than happy to, to talk about it. So I joined uh, CDPR six years ago after the launch of uh, The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt, just before Hearts of Stone and Blood and Wine actually was added, so the two expansions. Um, and uh, I joined as a community assistant to, to the current like global community team at that time. And I was just there to pretty much help out. And from that, I moved on to being a junior specialist. And after that, uh, we started working on Gwent because, you know, it was a time where after Witcher 3 came out, people were loving Gwent in the game. Um, although it was a game with, which we did within the game as to have something, you know, additional to do. But people loved it so much that they wanted it to be like a separate game. So we decided, why not? And um, from the communications team that we had at the time, I think I was the biggest card game nerd. Um, and yeah, since I was the biggest card game nerd, they were like, oh, you go, you go, you go. If you want to go, like, go on the Gwent side and, and have fun with it. I got really invested into it um, to a point where I actually got, you know, my card in, in Gwent itself, Pofco Gale. Uh, like a resemblance of me because me and Pafka were two different people. I will sure always uh, stay stay true to that. Um, so that was that was kind of the the door the origin story. There it was quite simple because I, I I used to like previously work a little bit in sales, a little bit in marketing, mm -hmm. a little bit of like uh, I had like a short like jab, jab in e-commerce writing as a journalist for like a couple months and. I also did some like English teaching, but I knew like I had the language skills to kind of, you know, work in a company that is trying to cater and talk to like English speaking communities. So that was kind of the, the way I wanted to go. Plus I was a huge, huge like Witcher geek. And I think they, and and also like gaming and playing any, any games and knowing a lot about games because I just enjoyed them, enjoyed them since I was, since I was little, like, my first like Game Boys or NESs and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, they, they they took me in. I was surprised because um, the process of getting into CDPRs isn't very easy. Like I applied once um, and I got rejected because I applied for tech support. I wanted to get into tech support just to get into the company and then start my, my trajectory for, from that point on. And um, yeah, I got denied. And then when I joined the company um, after a series of tests and, and talks, um, you know, uh, I was actually approached by uh, the lead for tech support. And she came to me and she was like, oh, I remember you applied and you didn't get accepted because, and then she wrote like a whole essay why I didn't get accepted. <laughs> but the main point was that in my CV, I did not write at the bottom in hobbies gaming. That was that was the thing. So 
remember kids out there and fellow uh, gamers, if you want to get into the gaming industry, it would be nice if you wrote in your CV that you're into gaming. <laughs> <laughs> I'm into crochet and basket weaving. Okay, well, maybe. Yes. Yeah. Well, maybe no. <laughs> yeah. I'm into competitive yeah. sausage making. It's like, I don't even know what that is. Uh, there yeah. you have it. Yeah, and like, it's amazing that... Uh, how many times that has happened where if you don't knock on the door, even if you get rejected, sometimes the rejection isn't because you're unqualified or whatnot. Sometimes it's just the time's not right. So yeah. don't get discouraged because I've done it uh, the same way. I've, I have I have applied to CDPR um, and I have been rejected. And uh, th that is a, a, a smaller known fact, but here I am still going strong with uh, only the minorest chip on my shoulder. So... Oh. No, I'm kidding. This whole yeah, this whole podcast is supposed <laughs> to be a ten. It's going to be a ten episode just degradation into me tearing down the company as my revenge for not getting oh. for not getting that <laughs> position ages and ages ago. But this was like I applied like literally like it was like 2018, so it doesn't even count. Yeah. Uh, okay. Next question. This one's from uh, Procrastinating Boyo uh, on Reddit. <laughs> solid, solid with a delirium as their little tag next to their name. Perfect. Uh, what other games are you playing? Now, you just mentioned that, you know, gaming wasn't on your hobbies list. So <laughs> now's your time to tell us all about the kind of gamer you are. Ooh, what I'm, well, we were actually, because uh, me and my wife, we tried to play as many games as possible together. Like, of course, I will, I will play my nerdy card games uh, on my own. She will play her other games and mobile games and Switch games on her own. But we like to dabble into like uh some cool rpgs and i recently learned that she hasn't played uncharted so we played uncharted from one to four wow <laughs> uh so yeah it didn't take i mean they don't take very very long to 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 finish but we wanted to kind of replay them before the movie comes out so we just played all of them from one to four yeah we it still have one lost legacy which is like a spin-off but that one um, is the one that, that we're probably going to be playing right now. And after that, uh, we have a whole like backlog of games that we need to get into. <laughs> what are you looking at to get into next? Like, is there anything on your radar right now that you're just like... Um, I really want to play Guardians of the Galaxy um, the, because it has pretty good reviews for what I've seen and also from the people that, that have been playing it. Uh, Disco Elysium is on my list also. I want to play Nier Automata because I missed that one somehow. And uh, Detroit Beyond Human is also on my list. So there, there are a couple games. And we also, like, we played a little bit of Forza Horizon because we played the four, like, number four, and now we played number five. So, uh, yeah, just card games are, I mean, card games are also cool. I know it sounds like card games, but it's yeah. card games. They also are pretty, pretty cool, especially if they don't require, like, it's you know you can do burnouts you can do high jumps when it's like you know it's kind of an arcade racer game it's it's fun the know? uh guardians of the galaxy a friend of mine is in that she plays uh she does the voice for lady hellbender uh her name is Ooh. sarah levesque uh went to high school awesome. yeah i went to high school with her and she had a crush on me in high school but it wasn't cool to like her in high school so I, I couldn't like her back. Uh, whereas in reality, I had a big crush on her too, but it just wasn't. High school is a. Oh, man. I know. I know. And uh, she, was, she was really cool about it, like the whole time. Like, she is a really amazing human being. And I'm not just saying that because uh, 
you know, like, I haven't spoken to her in a few years, but like she's just a really awesome person. And uh, I knew that she wanted to get into acting. And I remember once she had tried to get me into uh, doing like stage and performance stuff. And uh, again, it was all part of the whole high school thing of like, well, it's not cool to like you uh, or, you know, Aww. so I know I, it's a horrible horrible story uh that worked out for her frankly because she's in commercials now and she's acting and has credits and she's on imdb and stuff and she's an amazing human being and uh we're still we're friends obviously but it's like it's one of those things where like in if if high school was any different her and i might might be married today uh probably not because uh (laughs) that said she would have been like oh someone else yeah <laughs> so yeah. um what am i playing right now lots of halo halo and apex legends i'm a i'm a creature of habit i really basically it's hard for me to get into a new game uh mm-hmm. just liking an, a new card game card games are different I'll, I'll get into card games no problem but when it comes to any other game that i have to sit and learn new controls and new narratives and, and stuff like it's hard for me halo halo infinite i play with my buddies it's a way for me to just basically stay connected with my friends um yeah. uh, so uh when it comes to rpgs and things of that nature like people are like you should try uh knights of the old republic you should try the witcher series like i own all the witcher games i just never played them and i can't bring myself to do it because i for me i'd rather if I want to hear a great story, there's um, there's like a new there's a, a number of different books I'd rather read before I sit down and, and devote time to like an RPG. So mm-hmm. um, that's not to say that I you know I don't take joy like like Zelda: a Link to the Past is still one of my favorite games of all time. But yes, that was like that came up before the internet was a thing, you know. So yeah. before I had money, so I was like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like I have money, I could do other things and sit and play these games. When in reality, I just sit and play these games anyways. But yeah, yeah. Uh, so really awesome how you can now like grow your library of games and then play games that you know that you know you're able to support your 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 gaming habits, let's say, and kind of get the games that you really wanna wanna play. Yeah, yeah I, we didn't have the opportunity as a kid. <laughs> well, The Witcher Three is on Switch, right? It, it's so yep. I need to. I have a Switch, and so I I bought that Switch for purely for my trips to Poland where I'd be on a plane for like 10 hours or I would be in the hotel or hanging out or there'd be downtime. Like that's what I got the switch for. And that, I think I got it before Witcher 3 came out. And then I was like, okay, next time I go to Poland, I'm going to pick up Witcher 3 on, on switch. I'll play it on the plane and whatnot. And then pandemic hit and that never happened. Yeah. So the switch has literally been sitting in my, uh, in its case for years, just waiting. Wow. Yeah. I haven't touched it in at least two or three years and I, I kind of feel Damn. bad. Yeah, but like it's to, to me, it's the same thing. Like whenever I have time, I'd rather make a coffee, sit down, uh, and and pull a book off the shelf that I haven't read yet, and and go through that. So that's kind of um, that's actually better than, than than you know gaming nonstop, right? Because if you if you look at the amount of content, like you're you're producing content, so you're in front of your PC all the time. Yeah. You're, you're 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 staying in touch with friends, so you're playing multiplayer games just to you know have the chit chat and the. You know, random uh, chatting and fun with friends, and then you need some time to kind of unwind and kind of get away from all the screens and monitors that are part of our lives. <laughs> Pretty much, and that's that's it. And um, I, uh, before I was in the hospital, I had a goal of I wanted to read one book a month, and uh-huh. uh, and to me, it was just a way of of sort of regaining certain discipline. Uh, like that particular year, I was like, I'm going to get in better shape and I need sort of a little bit of more rigidity to my schedule to make sure that I'm 
you know, it, it helps your mind as well when you know that there's things that you have to adhere to. And so it's like, okay, every morning it's like, uh, exercise at this time. I'm going to go stream from this time to this time. I'll go for a walk and then I'm going to read at least one chapter from nice. a book. And then one chapter would become two or three because I'd be into it and then the weather would be nice and I'd be outside. And then by the time like June rolled around, I had already, re I had already read like 10 books and I was like, sweet. I'm like way ahead of schedule. And then I was in the hospital for a bit. And when I came out, I had no interest in reading books because like everything was like, I wanted to just go back to experiencing things that I enjoyed. Normality. But, yeah. <laughs> but now it's like, now I've been locked up in my apartment for, you know, a year and a half. I'm like, you know what? It's back to let's get back to sitting on the couch and just enjoying a book, <laughs> like you know. Uh, so that's that's where we're at. I'm not necessarily playing so many games as much as I am reading books. But I guess the answer to the question that we we asked, I guess, ten minutes ago, <laughs> is uh, what are the games you playing? Apex Legends and Halo Infinite are the only other games nice. really I'm I'm touching. Uh, and Flesh and Blood, I suppose. Um, all right, next question, Pavel. How did Squidtail become your favorite faction, and who is your favorite character within that? And Flake. Which faction do you resonate most strongly with, gameplay-wise? Uh, sorry, gameplay aside, and why? This one's from uh, KOSDK slash Lippy's Biggest Apologist. Uh, hey, hey, this, this person and I, uh, we throw barbs back and forth about uh, my about disdain Lippy. about Lippy, and they try to defend it. So I, I adore this person, think this person's a great person. However, their views of Lippy are slightly askew. Exactly. Well, well said. So I'll start off. Uh, how does Squidel become my favorite faction? I think um, the thing is that I just I just love Yorvid, and I think that answers the question. Like <laughs> Yorvid's favorite character always. Uh, I like how elves were portrayed in the Witcher um, universe. They were less flashy, less royal, less like perfect more gritty a little bit uh, i really like the the, the the elven commandos of course um you get into this whole like human hatred for elves and and dwarves and i really like that and i like that both elves and dwarves were were put in the squirtle faction and kind of kept there and i resonated always more towards that than, than, than the human armies led by kings and stuff like that i kind of like the elves use magic, there's a little mysticism in it, and it's more kind of, you know, them kind of boost to the ground, uh, you know, kind of like the Rebel Alliance versus versus the Empire. <laughs> well, that is a great analogy. I see exactly yeah. what you mean. But you're right. Yeah. There was always a lot more fascination and interest uh, for me, like even in Lord of the Rings, when they're walking through Mirkwood and, you know, they're they're kind of like oh these 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 woods are alive like the the forest is alive and it's like it's this connection to nature that it's a symbiotic relationship of the trees and the exactly. elves and you're right it's it's such a fascinating faction to be you know and the fact that you call it the rebel alliance is so cool because you're right <laughs> like if Nilfgaard is the evil empire you know the imperial army and the imperial forces the na the, the the imperial navy and then you have this ragtag group of like guerrilla fighters that are picking and choosing their targets and fighting from the shadows and and you know in and out get the job done kind of thing, so cool. I have yeah, to. Or 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 they are their Ewoks, right? <laughs> <laughs> Bunch of savages, those Ewok yes. savages. Uh, funny you should mention the book I'm reading right now. Uh, it's over there, but it's a it's a book uh, called Last Shot. It's a Star Wars book. Uh, it's one of the from like the canonical line of Star Wars books, uh, and it's about 
um, Han Solo and Lando on a mission together, like post uh, post Return of the Jedi, pre The Force Awakens. Like in the book, mm-hmm. uh, Ben Solo, aka Kylo Ren, is only two years old, so that kind of places you. But nice. they they're on a mission and they need a slicer, like a hacker, like uh, mm-hmm. and the best that they have available is an Ewok. <laughs> So, an Ewok named Peep, uh, Peepka. So it, it's just it's funny because you just mentioned Ewoks, and I was I was like, oh, oh, they're not completely useless. Like there's Peepka, the the <laughs> the uh, New Republic slicer expert, you know, that they bring on this mission. So it's like, how, it's, how does he hack stuff like with a hammer? Like, like gonna hack this. But it's it's funny because that whole scene is it's La- it's Lando and uh, it's Lando, Chewie, and Han that approach like they go to some like random new republic base and they need to speak to like the head of like the cybernetic warfare department so that they can get somebody to help them you know on this mission and they go and what who they think is like the receptionist like an ewok who's like tapping on a thing with like a a headset they're like okay well this person clearly this this thing doesn't understand what we're saying and then they go to the head and the person's like oh i got just the person and then the ewok rocks in they're like you (laughs) they're like and it's just a ridiculous scene so um I have to I have to echo what you said. I think Squatel is actually my favorite faction uh, outside. Like to me, my two favorite factions. I always liked monsters, but I think that monsters they they kind of. I mean, monsters for me in Deathwish was uh, Frost and Deathwish were where I cut my teeth in Gwent many years ago. Excuse me, it's like what I hit pro rank with many many years ago mm-hmm. was with like a Frost or a Deathwish list, and um, but eventually I kind of lost a little bit of the luster that monsters had like it was less appealing because it 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 was more about big bodies and and just point generation than it was with anything uh a little bit more sneaky or development heavy um not to its detriment i think that i'm not saying this to to sort of talk poorly about monsters but a faction like Nilfgaard and Scoia'tael had a lot more going on it had a lot more that you needed to invest in to to get a mm-hmm. good result like Nilfgaard doesn't have the point slimy stuff. It has a lot of sneaky ways to get points and really creative and greasy ways to get points. And Squatel has a lot, right. yeah, has a lot more bounce around engine sort of manipulation stuff as well. That's what I like. I like being engaged with uh, the gameplay and I like the lore. And you just made it so much better. You <laughs> nice. Well, it's it's fascinating because it's for me it's Squatel and Nilfgaard, but you then go ahead and call. Squay tell the Rebel Alliance and you call Nilfgaard like the Empire. And I'm like, this fits. It absolutely fits. No wonder I love these two factions because they're the Easy. same. Yeah, it's the same dyad that I, that uh, that I, mm-hmm. I uh, that appeals to me about Star Wars. So they're polar opposites. That's why it works. But... I love it. I love yeah. it. Uh, all right, you hit it. You hit us with Lewis. the next questions. All right, uh, love the show, chaps. Hello. Uh, what's something you wish you had spent more time doing when you were younger? This is by, by Fuchsia, Fuchsia Briefs. Fuchsia I, Briefs. I know the guy. Yeah. I know. The, I know. I know the person. <laughs> Fuchsia <laughs> Briefs. <laughs> uh, we're gonna send a lot of love to Fuchsia Briefs. One of the uh, uns. Well, I don't say unsung heroes because he's uh, sung very highly by many people. But uh, perhaps one of the the hidden gems that the community might not know about. But if you do not know about Future Briefs, uh, I highly recommend you go ahead and take a look at the content. It is great. Uh, he is our Gwent Jason Statham. Uh, is, exactly. 
Um, really cool stuff. There's actually two questions because the other one is if you could be the best in the world at anything, what would you be? So I think we can, I think we'll treat them separate. So first, like what, what is something you wish you had spent more time doing when you were younger? Yeah, I wanted to so hit play. the two pack what here. Is it? Like okay. Fuchsia went back to back on this one and I'm going to respect it because we love Fuchsia. Um, what's something you wish you had spent more time doing when you were younger? <sighs> I'm, that's a, that's a very, very it's hard because that would assume that i'm not necessarily content with where i am today i would say that i would probably uh i would probably be a little bit more um i, I wish i was a little bit more sensitive to what was going on in other people's lives uh, is what i'll say and this kind of uh you know when you say younger I mean that could that could go into my twenties as well, and I think that that is something that I wasn't necessarily super uh, um, in touch with until I was in like you know maybe in the past five or six years where I will say um, hearing you know just being aware and sensitive to to the the situations of those around me and understanding where they're coming from that it's that you know you could be right but you could be um, understanding you could be open to you know you don't necessarily have to agree but you can if you understand the point of view uh it maybe allows for a little bit more wiggle room to to improve your own you know and to grow yourself so i think that that's something i wish i had done more is um is just be be more humble about my own situation at, at so that i can be more open to understand the the situations of others wow Wow. I, I, I just want to add a little bit to that. Oh, and Bitcoin like and invest in Bitcoin. No, 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 <laughs> no, no NFT or cryptocurrency talk here. No, 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 nothing, nothing, nothing like that. Um, I think we as a society kind of have been thought to like take those things into account a little bit more in terms of like being more open minded and trying to learn like having a little bit of more empathy in us, being less self-centered. And I feel like also seeing that there are other people in this world and that now I think everybody has like a platform or Twitter where they can just, you know, talk about their views and also talk about like what, what, what drives them, also talk about the culture they're in, their beliefs and stuff like that. And I feel like for a lot of the time, like a lot of time before that, we're kind of, you know, we're living in the dark age when we, we didn't understand stuff, but now we can be more more open minded. And I that's, that's I kind of feel like, you know, that's kind of the way the way that we're going. So the, so that's one thing. Um, but yeah, and I and I that is something that I also feel like I learned once I got older and I kind of saw things beyond what's going on, you know, because when you're a kid, you're kind of like, even in your teens, you kind of are stuck in your own bubble. And, and in that bubble, you kind of is where you operate. Your friends are the most important. You don't appreciate maybe family as much as you do when you kind of grow up and you kind of get this other perspective where you appreciate, you know, family, colleagues, other people that you meet, you get to understand them a little bit more or better. So, so yeah, I feel like it's, it's something that comes with our natural development. Of course, there are people who 
kind of don't do that. They just, you know, they just say, what I say is right, what I do is right, what other people do is like, I cannot comprehend it, it's bad or whatever. So yeah, that's just being closed off and, and narrow-minded in, in my in my view. Uh, but yeah, I totally get, get what you're saying, where you're coming from. Uh, it's, I mean, I wanted to go like, just be like, yeah, just something I'd spent more time doing when I was younger, I guess. I mean, I could be as, I want to be as uh, unselfish of it as possible. But if I could be both, it'd be like, okay, uh, slam like a hundred bucks on Bitcoin, like way back when. And, <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, that, that, then, then the better one for society. Um, yeah. I have a question is, uh, is Geralt around you? He's, he's snoring, but that's, he's, he's, yeah, that's, he's, he's, he's on the couch. I was going to say, hear him perfectly. I could hear the snoring and I was wondering, I'm like, is there, yeah. is there some sort of bulldozer going on outside he's, it's he's not laying that. on his back and snoring like <laughs> hell <laughs> so i heard a little bit of the little grumble grumble and i was like i wonder if yeah. it's yeah it's it's that's awesome that's that's, that's the baby boy enjoying his, yeah. his his couch time sleeping so if you could be the best in the world at anything pavel what would it be and and i guess i'll also quant or qualify this as not like one of those things where you know you want to be the best at something but it just makes everyone worse at it like none of those there's no there's no catches in this it's that's uh you know you will be the best yeah um for, well to kind of start off like i think both kind of go go into one another i think the thing that i wish i also spent time while i was doing more when i was when i was a kid I would probably invest more of my time into into card games than I did because I feel like there, I could have done more, played more, and probably be like a better card game player now. Maybe more into design and stuff like that. Maybe maybe I would have that edge and kind of. Uh, I feel like you know if I if I did it more before, maybe I would be better at it now. Same goes for sports. Like I wish I didn't neglect sports as a kid. Like. I of course enjoyed, you know, uh, you know, fast food, candy. I still do, but now I, I kind of compensate with a lot of sports, so I can eat a lot of chocolate, which you know it, it goes goes well together. Um, but I wish I didn't neglect sports as much as I did as a as a kid because I found that I can actually enjoy it once once I got older and once I really got into it. So. I think it's it's nice when it comes to like running, cycling, both of them. I think um, it would be cooler if I you know started younger then my development also, and that would be would be much better. And if I could be the best in the world at anything, I would say I would like to be like a professional cyclist. <laughs> nice. Oh, yeah. I'm going to make this all about me. <laughs> my, my answer is fairly similar from a selfish perspective. I've always thought that if I, if I could be the best at something in the world, uh, it would be the two answers I always go back to is golf or guitar because Ooh. it's I already love both of those things uh golf more than the leagues more than guitar um but it's like to me golf is like a really <laughs> this is good this is all right uh children in the room cover your ears um golf is like a terrible girlfriend that is good in bed where you know 90% of the time you're miserable but when it wants to be good to you it is the best feeling in the world like that's kind of what golf is so you go back for that 10% that's enjoyable um but golf is also a 
something that you can play into like your 70s or 80s -hmm. and if you're the best in the world at it you can make money off of golf from the from like 16 years old to 80 years old and you'll be famous you'll have a really sweet life uh and same with guitar you could play guitar until you're like 90 Uh, i don't know how old how old is paul mccartney and he's still you know playing guitar or or such but um those are two that i think that for me uh like Guitar is a creative outlet as well. It's stress relief. If you could be the best at that, like you could, you have a, a um, you have a, a vessel for your creativity, you know, to express yourself. And golf is just your outdoors. Like every time I've played golf, it's been, I've been with people I I love and enjoy, and it's always I don't care about the score because the experience to me is just really it's a wholesome Most important thing. Yeah, so that would be it. It would be guitar or golf. Yeah, it's it's nice that you mentioned because yeah, golf, like you said, is a very sustainable sport because with with other sports, once you get old, you kind of yeah, you 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 like the oldest cyclist is like forty one that still competes in the and you know and that's 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 kind of the 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 the, the top game while you have kids coming in like nineteen, twelve or twenty two and they just they just slay and destroy so you can't really I mean human body can only do so much right right that, uh, you're, you have your limits so but hey man if, yeah like, if john daly was, can still golf and be successful <laughs> like if for, was, those, for those who don't know just go google john daly uh there's he is absolutely worth your time to look at yeah yeah plus i mean you you chose uh playing the guitar and i think also like with rock stars they only get younger right they never get older they, they, they kind of get younger with with age because you know and yeah, look at look at you know all of them and kind of the addictions that they had that they're still making it to these days. Like, yeah, hats off to you guys. <laughs> it's, it's funny because there's so many campaigns about what like the 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 horrors of what drugs can do to you, and then Keith Richards is there, <laughs> just he's going strong. I still believe that Keith Richards died like 15 years ago, and he's just been like pickled and, kept alive. and stuffed <laughs> yeah like he he is disney animatronics at its finest so uh yeah uh that's that's what it would be so thank you fuchsia briefs for the wonderful submission and i think we have uh Questions. i think we got one more yeah one more uh what do we got here okay so uh i wanted to know how the gwent team works with artists do they contact them for uh punctual work or are they employees? Will there be new seasonal cardbacks coming in March? Well, the the last one snuck in there, but uh, the artist yeah. part I think is uh, a little bit more intriguing for those who want to know. Yeah, it's a it's it's a mix back pretty much. Like we want to have the artists, of course, working for us like full time because our art team, the way that that they work is is mainly that you like to have everybody within the team under one art director that kind of critiques uh, their work. But also what's really cool in our art department is the fact that also the the, the, the other artists who work on, on similar things, they are able to have their input when it comes to what someone has done. So they actually meet as a group in one room and they show what they've been working on and the others kind of give them pointers, critique it or give their opinions on it. And it, it becomes a nice creative process. But of course, we also work with our artists on outsource. So we pretty much get the work in, um, sit down with them, say what we like, what we dislike, and they kind of implement it. So it's a it's a it's a mixed bag of, of things. But of course, it's good to have, uh, you know, if, if you know that an artist has a unique, awesome style that will fit uh, your game, in this case, of course, Gwent, 
then you want those people working with you and kind of sharing the knowledge pool within all the other artists. Beautiful. Uh, will there be yeah. new seasonal card backs coming in March? Maybe, maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> That's going to be our goal. Oh, there was there was a question about our favorite like Sopranos character. Oh, kind of snuck into this a little bit. Uh, so I yeah. know it's I know it's I know it's not on the list, but who's your who's your favorite? My favorite. I've so I've done a, a, a I, I will just uh, preface this answer with the fact that I believe that The Sopranos is one of the greatest TV shows of all time. Um, and James Gandolfini's portrayal of Tony Soprano is Beautiful. one of the best pieces of sustained acting I have ever seen and ever witnessed. I'm no scholar of acting, but I, I it's just, it's untouchable uh, in terms of TV. I've yet to see somebody on that level. Um, you know, Brian Cranston uh, in Breaking Bad is close, but uh, I yes. think that, but that one was really good. Um, good. Good comparison. It's like, but, but it kind of is the thing that he spoke about. Like the, once you're in that role and you commit to it so much, you're always that person in that role. Like, yeah. you, it's hard to get away from that. It's it's a mold that you like. You kind of create for yourself, and it's hard to move out of that. My favorite is my favorite character. I mean, it's hard not to like. There's like Silvio and Polly, and you know, Polly has the funniest moments. I feel a lot of them. Uh, Silvio is a character, is such a caricature. And as somebody who like m like my nonna was from Italy, and like a, a lot of them immigrated to uh, Canada, and every family wedding or gathering i see these characters because they all came from italy and i know like i know a silvio within the family i know a Polly. like i've i've there's pictures with me you'd think it was from like the you know the concept art from a sopranos episode you know but for me my favorite character uh is a short-lived one it's furio furio oh. furio is my favorite awesome. character and what's funny is that you listen to i've listened to some after the show like interviews uh like where he appears on podcasts years later he doesn't he's not from italy like he he has no accent it's all acting um wow. yeah he has an american he accent. did it well then <laughs> he did it so well but my favorite scene from that is um when they're on the golf course and they're trying to intimidate one of um, like a government official or like a judge or something. It's Furio and I forgot who else, but they're trying to like intimidate a guy and they keep walking towards him and he keeps backing up. And then all of a sudden Furio <laughs> just whacks him across the head and he's like, you had a bee on your hat. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, cause it just, he like, completely full wind up smacks the guy across the head you had a bee on your hat <laughs> it just makes me laugh uh that's my favorite character but i mean silvio Polly, um uh, christopher like all of these characters are so good yeah i i, I also have two here like my number one is is Polly, of course i love Polly. he's just <laughs> he's just all over the place he's crazy I also love the dynamic that he had, like him being like taking care of his mom. And I still, <laughs> yeah. still remember, With I still remember the, this. Yes, <laughs> I still remember the, the the scene where he kicks like the, the shit out of the gardener and takes his like lawnmower <laughs> yeah. into his trunk. Doesn't close the trunk, but just rides off. And he was he was always that person that was just you know he was acting like crazy and getting into stuff, but also he. He had this like very deep, you know, mafia vibe to yeah. him. Like he was kind of gritty and kind of, you know, 
straight in your face, but he also did like was funny and stupid stuff, which was cool. Well, that actor, Tony Sirico, actually yeah. was in the mob. He was uh, an enforcer yeah. in the Gam. I think it was the Gambino family. Um, yeah. So there's a lot of re- like realism with that particular dude. And one of the best poly scenes is first of all the Pine Barrens, like the episode where they get lost in the woods, is a classic. Oh, oh yes, that's the I one where it. like they have bad cell reception and and yes. tony's trying to explain to him that he was like in within like in the interior uh, or the, sorry the uh, internal affairs like a secret like russian secret service internal affairs and then paulie can't hear him so he turns to christopher he's like yeah he worked for the uh, he worked for the uh, russian uh, the russian government he was an interior decorator and then christopher's like interior decorator his what? place looked like shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and now now that you also mentioned it, my my second favorite has to be like Christopher Moltisanti. I mean, <laughs> the, the the portrayal of the character there and kind of the stuff that he's going like through as as him and his development is just yeah. I, I really like these kind of fallen characters who yeah. you feel like they're they're being handed stuff and they could do good, but there are things that are kind of pulling them back and they can't really. They can't develop. They can't reach that. You know, he, he always has like big aspirations and he, he he's almost there. But then he takes one step forward, two steps back. And I kind of I kind of I kind of like those characters. I don't know why. Kind of the dramatic characters, you would say. Christopher, every time you want to respect him, then it cuts to him writing his script. And then it it shows the computer screen and it's riddled with spelling errors. And you're like, I can't respect you. I'm no, sorry. No. I can't. No. Uh, Oh, another hilarious poly scene is when they go to Starbucks and they order like an espresso and he's he's there and he's just like he's he's getting mad because it's like his espresso is like four dollars. And then he's looking at all the the stuff on the walls, the coffee makers, the espresso beans. And he's like he's like he's getting upset. He's like, they're taking advantage of us. It's like this is us. This is our culture. This is you know? exactly. And it's hilarious because. He, he, as a profession, extorts and exploits everyone else. And he's upset because Starbucks is selling coffee and he feels offended by it. Yes. <laughs> and then on the way out. I love that. They, I love that. To get revenge, he, he steals a coffee maker under his jacket. And it's like, he's like, yeah, this, yeah, this is. I show them, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Oh. Oh. Then there's another oh, one where, uh, uh, where Patsy goes with his enforcer to try to shake down. Uh, a Starbucks and the guy is like man we count every bean it all goes through corporate not a penny goes through this place without them knowing about it he's like you got to talk to corporate if you want anything out of us and the guy's like Patsy's like what is happening with society and he leaves (laughs) yeah I also like that they they, they get it to a point where they kind of have to face reality and face the developing world that things are changing and they're they're kind of behind they're like wait doesn't this function the way it's supposed to like they get they get kind of like hit with reality check yeah and they're like what they're they're like these they're they're kind of like these victims of the time where where they're sitting there they're like man you know dna these days you can't get away with anything like and everyone's like oh oh," you know (laughs) it's It's beautiful it's beautiful all right uh i could do and also quick quick shout out to to livia soprano for for being a like terrible pain and the butt but played so well played so, so well. well 
so, so well. She, if there was anybody who could steal the scene from Tony, it's her. Like yes. Liv, Livia yes. Soprano was, and she unfortunately passed away like halfway through the series or in season two. So you don't get all of Livia Soprano. But um, if you have not seen the series, you know, now's the time. It is a yeah. an absolute iconic series for for television history but uh, it, it basically sort of launched what uh, people call like prestige tv like this like this pay pay per channel kind of tv like hbo mm-hmm. whatever this put it on yeah. the map as saying like this is what tv can be because it was like yeah. the first instance of of tv being like high production value great writing high high skilled actors it wasn't like a, exactly. a soap opera kind of level of yeah. just you know uh, film it and print it and go kind of thing but yeah yeah um, yeah plus like you said it was it was the beginning of the really cool like especially like cool hbo stuff but then others like took it upon themselves that you know it can be more entertaining and it can actually have like really good storytelling and screenwriting instead of just being like like a dumb soap that you just watch every day because you're kind of just stuck to watching that thing and you're like you stop caring about the characters you feel like they're very shallow and the story's kind of like man but you still watch it this one no like each episode gets better and better and better so yeah there are very few duds in that series like even the bad episodes are like this is good for another tv show like this exactly um, so that came in from uh, Jausor. Uh, sorry if I'm, I'm mispronouncing your name, my friend, but a uh, beautiful, beautiful beard for Jausor. So uh, thank you for the submissions. That does it for the mailbag this week, Pavel. And, um, and, you and, got and, it. And the first episode, the official first episode, the pilot announcement episode is, is long gone. We now have a format, and I love this. Me too. Excellent. Man, that was amazing. And I love the questions. Like the questions, I'm really happy that we got stuff that, you know, let us talk about more things that we're interested in or kind of things that are kind of around Gwent, but kind of also kind of circle back into Gwent, which is which is kind of what we're trying to do here. Damn right. <laughs> I mean, that's it. It's, it's a show about Gwent, but so much more. That's the tagline. Exactly. But wait, there's more. <laughs> but wait, there's more. Oh, man. Uh, I will show you some Halloween episodes of myself and my buddy House, uh, a.k.a. Gary. We went one year for Halloween as uh the slap chop guy and as the oxyclean guy and it was Ooh. i will send you pictures it was probably one of my greatest achievements in history uh doing this yeah all right well that's the episode <laughs> uh, pavel and again i will end it as i do every podcast uh, i have with my partner and say i love you man man i love you too beautiful and we it's love nice, you nice awesome content exactly we love all of you that's 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 usually how it that's how it would go uh, previously with he, he who shall remain nameless. Uh, he would say, "I love you too," and we love you. So that's gonna be your. You're gonna have to pick up that mantle. We're gonna carry that one. Forward. Yeah, or, or I'll put my own spin on it. Since, Damn right. I mean, it's it's interesting that also like always in the intro and outro, you always call him as the person who shall re- remain like nameless or not be named. Mm-hmm. While within like the show. You mentioned his name normally. It's like you dropped the ball on that one. I kind of did. It's part of my therapy <laughs> package to work my way through the the traumatic uh, breakup that him and I had. Um, okay. Yeah. Well, I yeah, I don't I, I don't want to you know no. get into that wound or anything like no. that. Just, We're gonna have like a like a like a, you know like there's like Real Housewives of like Los Angeles or something. We're gonna have <laughs> a, a like a caster version for for CDPR. Oh, that would be amazing. I would love to do a reality show where i know that it's probably not in the budget but it would be so damn cool to do like for gwent masters 2022 
where if it was done in person, obviously, you have a behind the scenes, like a film crew that sort of follows all the ins and outs of it. And then you could kind of release it a little bit as like a documentary of like the making of. That'd be awesome. And then it's going to follow me around uh, all the different bakeries in Warsaw trying to negotiate with the the Bapchas who, mm-hmm. who made the, the, the Danishes. And I'm trying to, you know... Um, Oh, okay. Last quick story, because I know that uh, you and I could talk forever, but we need of we course. have we have Easy. so many, we have so many episodes to do. Did I tell you about the when I was in Warsaw and I tried to go get a, a cheese Danish and I didn't know what it was called, so I I found a bakery, but I called my mom, and, and my mom was like. Well, what is it called? What do they have there? I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm like, I can't really oh, pronounce them. Yeah. And then my mom is like, put her, put her on the phone. I'm like, I'm not going to give you the phone to a random like, woman. Put her on the phone. <laughs> yeah, let me talk to her. Let me talk to her. So I just like, give her the phone. And like, this, my mom's talking to this random Polish bakery person. Try, and she's explaining to <laughs> she's explaining to the, the woman there what I want. And I'm just standing there like a, a like a schmuck being like, okay. like And then she, like, this is long distance. Like, get off the phone, ma. Like, stop it. You're talking for like minutes with this random woman. Anyway, all right, that's yeah, yeah. It's 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 just Drozdzuka serum. That's it. Yes, Drozdzuka. That's what it was, and I couldn't pronounce it, and that was the problem. All right. Well, uh, that is episode one of uh, Florza. We'll we'll be back next week. Uh, Mailbag always open. Send it our way. Uh, I've read it. Twitter. Anywhere else? And I'll be adding I'll be adding one on forums. So yeah, you can head up the official Gwent forums. There will be a, a place there. Once once you're watching this episode, I will probably be posting that one. So you can also go there. So we'll be collecting stuff from all of those places. So your Twitter, uh, Reddit, and the forums. Beautiful, yes? beautiful, beautiful, Perfect. beautiful. We got it. Awesome, friends. Well, thank you so much for listening to the Fleurza podcast. Don't forget, you're not losing if you're learning. So keep playing cards. You might win. We'll see you next week on the Fleurza podcast. Bye bye. Bye-bye. That's not it. No, no, no. We're not we're not ending this until you give me the proper goodbye. Bye. <laughs>